So again, we come to First Thessalonians tonight. We've been studying, and it only has five chapters, so this is number five. So if you've been present each Wednesday, by, by now you should have a pretty good grasp of the letter, of the epistle. And uh, however, we may not have gleaned all the truths out of the scripture, um, but it's there. And, uh, and we, we can find it if we search. Uh, just remember, the, the Bible is not a riddle, it's a revelation. So uh, it's, it's up to us to uh, do like the Bereans to search the scriptures daily to find out what it says. So you will remember chapter one is about how that the Thessalonians were a model church. And we commented on that because they were, uh, they were so new and they were examples to other churches. That is a great compliment. Now, this was, Thessalonians is one of the early scriptures, one of the early epistles of Paul. I think when this was written, Paul, this was only about 14 years after Paul's conversion. And so that would mean that it was 20 to 25 years after after the ascension, and so I think I think that uh, those facts um, have have a lot to do with the um, the attitude of this church. They, they talk they talk a lot about um, the second coming, and we'll mention we'll mention that tonight. But that's all through the all through the epistle, and and I think it has. It, it is because it's fresh in, fresh on their minds. Uh, it, incidentally, that's one of the reasons for the Lord's Supper uh, each Lord's Day is, is, to re, is to remind us, keep it fresh on, on our minds, what it means. So chapter one was about a good church. Uh, that's an envious uh, thing to be said about a church. Chapter two, uh, is about the, the model servant and his reward. And chapter three, the model brother. And, um, and then chapter four, talking about the model walk and uh, the believer's hope. Uh, here, this comes again about the coming. And now we come to chapter five, and this is the final one. Uh, this uh, this letter, and it's about again the model walk and the second coming. Uh, Paul won't let that go. So beginning uh, with verses uh, one and two there in chapter five, Paul says, "But all the times and the seasons, brothers." You have no need that I write to you, for yourselves know perfectly, perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. Now, so 
from those from that verse, you can very well see that Paul had really uh, bore down on this uh, uh, this subject. He, he taught. He's, he's saying to them, "I don't need to tell you about this. You know about this. I told you and told you and told you about this." And so, uh, well, what did Peter say about this? Uh, uh, Peter says uh, in Second Peter three ten, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Now, that's, that's what Peter had to say about this, about the second coming. Uh, but Jesus had a word about this also. And he said in Matthew uh, 24, For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shines even into the west, so also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Jesus used this term son of man a lot, uh, quite a lot. So the, the, the idea here, and the next verses elaborate still on this, about uh, you don't, we don't know. Um, and, and from these scriptures, uh, it's going to be sudden. And so let's, uh, let's look at the uh, rest of this uh, verses here. <clears throat> For you know what commandments we gave you uh, by the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, even your satisfications, that you should abstain uh, from fornication. That's uh, That was in uh, chapter 4 there. And I'm back over to the third verse in chapter 5. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh on them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. They're talking about be, being unexpected. Those of you who've had uh, experience with uh, uh, with a baby coming into the world, uh, did you know exact minute and day when you had to jump in that car and get to the hospital? Uh, you don't. You don't know. And it comes at the most unexpected time, doesn't it? Most of, most of the time. Uh, but you're, but he says to the Thessalonians, you're not in darkness. You're, you're, you're not in darkness in um, verse 4, that they should overtake you as a thief. You are all children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Uh, darkness throughout the scriptures seem to be associated with um, with evil or with bad, uh, and on the con contrast to light, seems to always be associated with um, with uh, with Jesus, with the right. Uh, Jesus said, I, I am the light of the world. You're light, light. So darkness and light are two contrasting things there. Most of the thieves, maybe not that way now, they follow the UPS street, 
in the daylight and get packages off your front porch. But thieves usually operate at night. And, uh, and again, if you knew when they were coming, you'd be waiting for them uh, with your shotgun on the porch, but you don't know when they're coming. So uh, this, is, this is what Paul is saying about uh, the Lord is coming back. Uh, <clears throat> so don't sleep as others, but watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. So that, that's uh, mostly true, I think. Uh, uh, people go to the bars at, at night uh, most, of, most of the time. But let us who are the day be sober, putting on the, now here again, uh, notice what he brings in here, uh, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and for the helmet, the hope of salvation. Now that, that's familiar scripture in it. You, you remember uh, those terms. And so you can very well be assured that Paul has taught these people about this. And it's amazing to me in such a short time that he had there, uh, that he taught, all, he taught a lot of doctrines there. For well, God had not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. And here again, he's talking, you see what that verse says about salvation. Now, this, uh, these verses, what he's getting at here uh, is, is how, how we should act, model act, how we should act about this. Verse 10, for who died for us that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another as you do also. Now that, those verses um, uh, is pretty much the first section uh, of, the, of the letter. That would be uh, uh, the, model, the model walk we're talking about. Now, <clears throat> I want to, uh, before we leave that, Go back just a minute. Do you do you remember uh, the story of Lazarus? Now this is um, the brother of Martha and Mary and Martha. Well, <clears throat> you, he died, uh, you know. And there's a lot about that story, and I want to. Uh, refer to uh, a verse or two of it, because I'm going to come back to uh, Paul's account of the second coming, uh, <clears throat> which is the last part of this, of this chapter five, from verses uh, 12 through 28, the rest of the verses. John, John 11, uh, and uh, I'm looking at, uh, at verse, verse 11. Uh, 
our friend Lazarus. Now you'll have to fill in the blank. I'm I can't this is a there's a two chapters of this, it's a whole story. Lazarus died and they sent for Jesus. So our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Now that's uh, uh, sleep. Jesus is referring to Lazarus being asleep. And then he said in verse 14 of John 11, he said, Lazarus is dead. Just plain said, Lazarus is dead. So uh, then uh, <clears throat> he goes on to teach uh, Martha, for example, and he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet he shall live. And whosoever liveth and liveth in me shall never die. Believe this? Do you believe this? Now, uh, that is, uh, and Martha, has a confession that is equal to Peter, if you read that, that's sort of a, a side there. Now in verse um, uh, 25 is what I read about the resurrection. And verse 43, uh, uh, 42, uh, he prays to God, Jesus prays to God. And he says, I know that you hear me because the people which stand by, I said it because of them, that they may believe that you have sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Now, I wonder why he did that. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound with a napkin. And Jesus said, loose him and let him go. Now, that's the, uh, that's the story of Lazarus. And it seems to me, that there's a great connection there. And uh, this is this is why that I that I think that. <clears throat> I'm regressing now to chapter four. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel. And with, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise. And the rest of it, then, which we are alive, and so forth. So here, here are two accounts. Uh, Jesus uh, 
with a loud voice awakened Lazarus out of sleep, out of sleep, who was dead. Now, from what I read in here, that's exactly what he's going to do at the second coming. He's going to shout with a loud voice and awaken the ones that are asleep in him. He's going to wake them up. And I, I believe that that is uh, a little important note there to uh, to remember about uh, about this. I mean, everyone he not he didn't whisper. Lazarus, come up. I mean, I think it was like thunder. And I think uh, at, I think when he comes the second coming. And he says it, it will be with a voice. Um, and and Dan, there's two uh, Greek words about this uh, in, in both of these uh, stories. And I think they're a little different in each one, but I think there's a common thing and that's the voice, the voice is what I see about this. So I think that uh, that's, that's important to remember uh, what's going to happen? That he is going to wake it, wake us up, and that's that's what he said. Now, I give a lot of uh, uh, strength to this from Paul because he had to get this from Jews. I, I don't know of any other source or way that he got this because. I go back to what he said about the Lord's Supper in Corinthians. He said, oh, I received of the Lord. So I believe that. I think the Lord directly, Paul received it from the Lord. I think that this he received from the Lord directly. And I think this is one of the best accounts that you can find in the scripture about this. And this is the way it's going to happen. And there's all kinds of uh, tales and twists about this, but it's a pretty simple and straightforward here the way uh, that's, that's going to happen. So Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the, and the life. He that believes in me, yo, he was dead, he shall live. Well, that's, that's one of the big biggest that Paul had been teaching at Thessalonians. It's a lesson for us. It's, it's a, it's, it's a truth for us to understand. Now, so that, uh, uh, is, is the, um, is that exhortations about that, about the coming, the Jehovah's coming. Finishing the chapter, Paul, he just makes a list of various things on verses 12 through 28. It's just sundry uh, exhortations. I mean, do good, see, you know, that time. be paid. Let's look at some of them. I just, uh, you can look at these verses, uh, but some of them, be patient to all men. Uh, we could use patience today, couldn't, couldn't we, out in the 
out in the community today. I don't render evil for evil. Uh, follow that which is good. Rejoice. Pray without ceasing. And uh, that comes up uh, often, doesn't it? Pray without ceasing. And sometimes we ask the question, well, how do you do that? Well, I think we know uh, how you do that. And in everything, give thanks to God. Quench not the spirit. Abstain from all appearances of evil. Uh, that probably that sounds like Proverbs a little bit, doesn't it? Um, and that's probably instructions that you got from your parent, your your parents, when you were small, when you were young or a teenager, uh, you know, stay away from certain things. Stay away from certain things. So avoid you 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 avoid uh, associations where uh, bad things could happen. Abstain from all appearances of evil. I hate telling. Uh, the church that, remember, all of these, he's, he's telling uh, these people that. And then, uh, I want, uh, there's one verse here that uh, is, uh, has a lot in it. Uh, he slipped this in on us. Uh, and uh, prove all things, hold fast that which is good. Now, and this is the verse, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. Sanctify what? Be, be uh, free from sin, clean, cleansing, sanctify. Now listen, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what Paul says here is that man has three parts. He has a body and he has a soul and he has a spirit. Um, and so uh, I think the reason he brings this in is because we've just been just been talking about uh, the, the second coming, about sleeping uh, in Christ and being raised, uh, and being raised. So, the, when we, when you begin to talk about soul and spirit, uh, that's, that is a pretty uh, deep subject, and uh, it, it deserves a lot of study, and I don't intend to try to, uh, you know, to do that tonight because that's a that's a that's a big a, a big subject but just the glancing blows of it because of what paul says here um you know there's uh, people have a difficult time separating soul and spirit uh and uh it, so it's it's not it's not that easy uh, <clears throat> so you remember the Genesis uh, 2, 7, the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground 
and breathe into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So in the beginning here, we have um, a body and soul and spirit because God breathed into him. And I take that to be the spirit. Uh, so, so the spirit is the outbreathing of God into the creature, man, the life principle derived from God, the life principle. And uh, so uh, the spirit comes from God, man's spirit comes from God. Now the soul is man's individual possession, that which uh, distinguishes one man from another or it distinguishes us from, and from other creatures, animals, for example, of nature. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm reminded there about uh, the young farmer in the Jesus teachings uh, about this. You remember, he had such a bountiful crops that he, he didn't know what to do with them. So he was going to build bigger barns and all this stuff. And, and Jesus said, you fool, this night your soul will be required from you. Then, then whose will these things be? So uh, Jesus mentions soul here. Your soul will be required of you. He didn't say your spirit. He said your soul. Of course, the, uh, the spirit will be uh, gone also, but your soul and that seems to indicate uh, the immortality here, your soul. And this is uh, uh, probably uh, what, what, we, what you will find. So uh, if we uh, look at the gospels, look at the gospels and a soul is mentioned uh, a lot of times in the gospel, man's soul. Through, throughout the, uh, the scriptures, soul is mentioned. Now, so, <clears throat> um, I want to probably finish up with, uh, with this. <clears throat> I think that because Paul had taught, had taught it so much, well, the Lord shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of archangel and the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then when, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now, that's, that's what he taught, that's what he taught them. And he said, comfort one another with these words. Now, I think, I think if any words can comfort a Christian, that these words would do it. I, I, know, I know of no other words that would, would be worth uh, comforting uh, a Christian than, than better than these, uh, than these words. That's, that's what, it, that's what it's, it's all about, it seemed to me. 
And so Paul really uh, uh, harped on this throughout the, the whole epistle. It's in every chapter, one way or another. And uh, so he, he felt it uh, was important. And we mentioned last week that uh, I've, I've heard in the past that uh, some would say, well, the Thessalonians were sitting around twiddling their thumbs waiting for the second coming. That, that was not the meaning that, that, uh, of, that, of that scripture. Uh, I think the meaning of that scripture, as we mentioned, was that uh, some of the uh, wealthier church members were, were helping poor people throughout the area. And, and so the poor people were sitting around with their hands up waiting for it to come again. And that's what Paul was saying, get to work, get a skill and, and get to work. So I, I think that's what, uh, that what he was saying there. Uh, we, we come to the close of um, uh, the first uh, Thessalonians at, at five chapters. And uh, we, uh, I hope that, that it has some uh, meaning for everyone.